This is Kenny Wallace, and you're listening to the Local Dirt Podcast. Welcome into the Local Dirt Podcast. I have Eddie the Eagle on the phone. How you doing, Eddie? Man, I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. Um, is racing done for you now? No, um, we have a total of three more nights left. We're going to be at Out Again Speedway on the 21st at uh, the Fall Brawl there. It's going to be a big race. Uh, they got late models, Grand Nationals, Modifieds, Stock Cars, Sport Mods, Street Stocks, and the Sport Compacts all running for some good money. The Street Stocks are like 145 bucks to start and 450 to win. So we're looking forward to that. And then uh, September... 27th and 28th two full shows at uh 141 speedway so that will be that will be at the end of our season then. so a little bit more race than it well well hopefully you have good luck there because then you know you might not have to do a lot of work this winter unless you're planning on yeah. building something new uh i don't know what we're doing i uh i got a few things in the works but we're trying to iron out exactly exactly what what route we want to want to go i wouldn't mind having an easy winter they usually always seem to get longer and longer so yep. if i could pound some dents i'll put the car away and have it ready for next year uh running good i i would happily take that too yeah i was kind of thinking <clears throat> i am see a stock car <clears throat> <laughs> i you know i wish i had the budget for that class because that's where I feel I would like to test my driving skills to see if I if I'm really a good driver. Um, I think I do okay, but I think running in that class that's the measuring stick to find out where you are. I agree. I I think you got a little upper hand there. Uh, I think once you would find a, a good way to set them up because it's a little different. You have a little more options, but yeah, the the setup stuff I'm into I I done several cars over oh my goodness probably the past 10 15 years i've been setting stock cars up for guys uh, uh, so that's that's been fun um so i get that aspect of it but those guys are hard-nosed racers everybody's got you know really good equipment and if you want to find out where you stack up in 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 the um, world of how good of a driver you are that's that's the class to be in yeah, for some reason I ever got back into it, I think I would go there. I would definitely look like an idiot for the first year. <laughs> one, one because I haven't been, it's been a little while. I'm going to have to get my bearings back, and then I just don't know. I think I, I would have to lose, I think I'd be a limit, little intimidated with some of those guys I would see in the lineup, which, you know, I I shouldn't because I always tell you know, my kids, if you go into a sporting event, if you go into a game thinking, oh, these guys are good, I don't know if we can beat them, you've already lost. So Yeah, I get that. You know, and I think that's the hard part about announcing that I've had to calm myself down is I'll sit at the hill and watch these races and watch Dave DeGrave, you know, dominate and just super fast. And then I get out there and I think, man, I got to go, I got to go. That usually gets me in trouble. I just have to, uh, how does how do they say, uh, rely on the process. You know, do your thing. Don't worry about how fast everyone else is because you can compete. You know. So. Yeah, and that's 
reminds me of a little story. One of the nights I could have could have won a feature in a street stock, and I was it was really dry, and I was running the bottom, <clears throat> and a caution came out, and I'm you know I don't remember how many laps it was, and I was still leading, and it felt super slow because I was basically coasting, you know, around the bottom in the corners, and I'm just sitting there waiting, like all right where's uh where's the and this is in the streets i'm like where's where's the eight and why haven't i seen this guy yet and then we restart and out of nowhere on the high side in von etchison's old car here comes trusty old dennis widener (laughs) right in the middle of the black and passes me (laughs) and i'm like how in the hell did he even do that up there you know, well, I think what happened is during the caution, he cooled his tires off. Okay. You know, so then once we went back green, he was able to get a little grip. And then when he got by, well, he's just way more experienced than me, too. And I, I couldn't have been happier, you know, for it to be him to go by and win that feature. Yeah. There's some guys you don't mind losing a few races through. Dennis Widener's one of me. He's one of the true great ambassadors of the sport well and just a just a class act like you know uh, you, absolutely you're not Absol- no drama no nope. very super respectful of everyone he races against and would be the first guy there if he needed a hand with something yep and it's an entire family sport for him so it's he just goes to have fun <laughs> yeah yes yes yeah, everyone involved you know with the the son-in-law, the two daughters, the mom is there every weekend working. They're bringing cookies every week to the races. Uh, that's they're a true racing family. They're, we we are so lucky to have them in our sport here. Yeah, I always um, I try to convince them because I I did some vinyl for his car last year, and I I had a saying that I wanted to put on the back. I should have brought it up to him because you know he sells lumber and stuff during the week. Um, yeah, Lampert. I wanted him to say to put on the back of his car but again he's not he doesn't like to be cocky but i want him to put on there sell lumber during the week lay the lumber on the weekend i like it i like it that's clever i do too i would have but (laughs) so all right well um i i just i want to put one other thing out there too i am working on already in my brain for next year I'm going to do the the decal thing again. Um, I had put it out there on the local dirt Facebook page that if you wanted a decal, you know, it's like a, it's a four or five inch decal, so it's not real big. Um, but you put it on your car somewhere, <clears throat> and if you win a feature, you get your picture taken, you know, by that decal or at least so it's visible, and you send it to me, then you'll be in the running for some free stuff. I don't know if it's going to be local dirt merch i'm i'm not sure what that's the kind of stuff i'm putting together yet but you'll be in the running so a few people took advantage of it this year i had a few emails so i sent those out good good so i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna try to do a lot more giving away some shirts i know it was kind of last minute i gave all the guys and gal at the hill a bunch of local dirt t-shirts and there was some kids stuff in there some kids hoodies and I said, give them away as you please. So I don't know how that went, but. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a night that Tom might have been working there. But, uh, yeah, I've seen a few of them out there, so that's awesome. We get, getting the word out, trying to get this podcast rolling. 
yeah, I, I really want to pump it up for next year. And one cool thing, we can mention it later, <clears throat> and is I'm putting the design together right now for uh, the four-cylinder bomber champion from the hill because I put out there in the beginning of the year that in that that division, which I like to support, um, a championship belt is going to be handed out at the banquet. So oh, That's going to be so cool. I'll be looking forward to uh, doing that. Yep. So that's going to be awesome. I got to get me one of them. I've wanted a championship belt for something for so long. <laughs> if if some track put one up somewhere, I I I would really strongly consider trying to race for something like that. You know, granted, you know, competition's tough. A lot of great guys in the street stocks, but just to have the chance to win something like that would be pretty cool. Well, we'll see how it goes over. Maybe, maybe next year, if I know your schedule, if you're going to run a night at the hill or something, maybe I'll, maybe if we can put something together with them guys, you know, try to find a couple sponsors for a little bit, you know, bump the payout a little bit. Maybe I'll put a championship belt on the line. That would, that would be cool. That would, I think that would bring cars in to chase trophies, you know, yeah. some of the, the, the big guns at the other racetracks, they, I think they'd come for that. That's an expensive trophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd, I never priced them, but I can imagine. Yeah, well, the good thing is is I do design work, so I don't have to pay for that. Um, okay. The guy that's doing it is, I believe, I don't want to mess this up, but I'm pretty sure it's undisputedbelts.com. Okay. You can go on there and pick all different shapes um and colors of the belt and he has some pre-made ones you know like fantasy football championship belts that you can just order without any designing um otherwise <clears throat> he sent me all the templates because i have the design software so it's going to make it easier for him and then i will you know throw the throw the design on there and get it off to him and boom championship belt well as long as tony Everard doesn't wear the belt like Scott Belanger wore his uh, Chase Championship belt. I think we'll all be okay. <laughs> oh, I I would not surprise me if he puts it on. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, if, for those who don't know our listeners, uh, Scott Belanger came out of his camper in his birthday suit, only wearing that champion Chase Championship belt he had won one year. Oh. So wow. that that was a sight. Yeah. Well. That, okay. Yeah. That's a little different story. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I I wish I could have been there, but I don't. But that had to be priceless. Oh my goodness! It's not. There's a photo on Facebook that resurfaces about once a year, and uh, we all have to go get go to the eye doctor and get our eyes fixed after that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I've never heard that story before. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's quite the character. That took some onions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I'll put a picture out there of the championship belt, and um, I'll let people know what I'm going to do next year. I still, you know, like I said, maybe some sponsors will come across, and <clears throat> we can do some cooler stuff. Absolutely, yeah. A little support goes a long, long way, uh, especially with you know getting paying drivers' pockets, which we always need. Um, but you know, supporting the racetrack like that and bringing more cars and that, that helps the fans and putting on a better show for the racetrack. Yeah. And like, like I said, if, if some sponsors come in for the podcast, I'm, I'm going to keep some of it obviously, but 
first, I'm going to start buying some really good mobile equipment, you know, to give to you um, and whoever, you know, somebody that can go to tracks and get interviews. Oh, absolutely. You know. Even, you know, during the off season, stuff like that, you know. Yep. Any shows, like if if there's any auto shows or trade shows or stuff like that, and you can bring it along and there's like, you know, somebody from Gas Monkey Garage or whatever all, you know. All these shows are on TV. It'd be cool to snag an interview from one of them. Absolutely. The sky's the limit, you know. Just need a little support from uh, some businesses, and who, who knows how far this could go. Yeah, I'd also take some of that and put it towards some stuff, like I said, like the championship belt, you know, and start pushing that. Sure, absolutely. Put the, you know, maybe put the business logo on it, stuff like that, you know. And if it really blows up, I'm quitting my stupid weekend shift job. <laughs> and then I'll be going, I'll be going around, and it's just going to be a lot of awesome content. So, That's, yeah, that would be the dream there. Not working on weekends. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there's a lot of champions crowned recently in Northeast there Wisconsin. Is. There is. Um, I got a list here of uh, track champions from from several tracks, um, from what I could find on the internet or tracks I work at. So we'll we'll run through those real quick and touch on anything after if you want. If you uh, one forty one Speedway, uh, mod, IMC Modified Johnny Whitman. I do believe this is the fourth year in a row for him. Uh, IMC Stock Cars Josh Merchikowski, first ever track championship. Uh, IMC Sport Mod, the Bandit Bill Edler, first championship for him. Grand Nationals was Don Source. Street Stocks Adam Crafter, uh, first championship for him. Same for the uh, Sport Compact, IMC Sport Compact, uh, Mike Zitzer. At Luxembourg Speedway, uh, IMC Modified, uh, Josh Long. IMC Stock Cars, Mike Cole. Uh, Sport Mods is Vince Ingebretson. Street Stocks, Dave the Hammer to Grave. And Calvin Stick was the champion in the uh, four cylinders. Shano Speedway, the late model, Nick Anvilink was the winner. Uh, modified, uh, Danson Lance Arneson. Uh, stock cars, I do believe this is his sixth title in a row. Travis Van Stratton. Uh, sport mods was Jordan Bart and Lucas Hacker, I believe, first championship in four cylinders. Hey, tra- uh, uh, Travis, he should just change his last name to Van Fast. No kid, nah. My goodness. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, one flat tire takes the guy out of something like that, and he's managed to you know, keep things going in the right direction for six years. That's that's crazy. Well, yeah, you don't know anything about a flat tire and a feature or anything. No, 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 none of that. Like last weekend, that didn't happen. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> sometimes that's racing. Yeah. Hey, what are you What are you gonna do? Um, you know, the worst part about it is that I would uh, hot rod. Snellenberger was driving the twenty one N Nikki Carter Street Stock. Um, I started right behind him in the feature. Uh, I, I knew I had a fast car, and I just had this bad feeling that when I'm trying, I'm, I know I'm going to go around them, that we're going to end up getting together, and I'm going to get a darn splat. And sure enough, <laughs> hmm. I I had a premonition. Now I know if I get that premonition again, I'm just going to maybe wait. Or go the other way. Like if you were going to go high, try to go low instead. Yeah, do something different, that's for sure. Or you could just well, spin them What are you going to do? You could just spin them out and leave. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I stopped. Uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. I stopped on the track uh, basically in the pit lane because I'm like, I felt like we had a car that can, could contend even if we had to start at the back. Um, maybe that was just thinking on my part, but that's how I usually always approach a race. Even if I'm a lap down, um, I'm still going to want to try to get my lap back. And uh, we ended up lap, lap down, but, you know, you, you drive two and a half, three hours to go race somewhere, and it was a big weekend for us. And I'm like, I was a little crabby after the flat tire because it was a brand-new tire. It had two laps in that feature on it. I'm like, I'm going to get some of my aggression out on this racetrack. And we did, and, you know, that's, that's racing. What are you going to do? Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I heard I heard Eddie has a <clears throat> a GoFundMe page. And the goal is to reach $150 to buy one new tire. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, my uh, my fiance who sells uh, Color Street Nails uh, by Carrie Stenzel, she's like, I know your birthday's coming up. Um, I'll buy you a tire. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I had a couple of sponsors kit, uh, kick in to get me the tires I have in the car. So, uh, you know, you it's not worse though than getting a flat with a brand new tire. I mean, it's it's, it's the worst. No, but getting a nice rubber from your girlfriend for your birthday—the coolest, right? <laughs> that was kid. Yeah. That was kid friendly, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So back yep, to our uh, track champion. <laughs> uh. Out of game speedway powered by Eastern Wisconsin Stock Car Racing modified champ uh, Johnny Whitman. So that makes two for him on the season. Uh, Stock cars uh, third career there for Jeremy Christian. There was tie in the IMC Sport Mods. Jordan Bart who was the Toronto champ tied with uh, Jaden Schmidt. Jaden's first title. Uh, Street Stocks went to the Gasroots Project number fifty five K of Jesse Cron. His first champ. His first championship at Out of Gaming. Uh, and this IMC Sport Compact was uh, Ben Schulte, his first championship. Uh, Beaver Dam modified, uh, Dave Schoenberger, Sport Mods, Elijah Koenig, Grand National, Tommy Moore. Street Stocks, four in a row, Mike Winters, uh, four cylinders. That was the first year for them there. Natalie Mech, and the legend was Ryan Mech. Wilmot Champions, the modified, Joe Huenfeld, uh, Street Stocks. Rob Mall back after uh, he ran modifieds for a while, now back having fun in the street stock. He's a multi-time champ there. Four cylinders, Ryan Johnson, Lighting Sprint, CJ Malik, Wingless Sprint, Jim Siva, and Sprint Cars was Joey Mohan. Uh, Gravity Park, their second full season. Uh, champion in the mods, uh, Dan Radel. Stock Cars was Kyle Resch, his first ever championship. Sport Mods, Elijah Canning, second for him on the season. Grand National, Jeff Bender, and Mike Meyer, uh, one in, in the four cylinders. UPIR champion, Youth Micro Spins, uh, Ethan Maninin, uh, Sport Sprint, uh, Brett LeVave, 600 Sprint, Matt Peterson, Vintage Mods, Doug Deenan. Uh, street Stocks was Billy Bowden, first for him. Sport Mods, Chris Pepin. And Matt Adams was champion in the four cylinders uh, onto the Hill Raceway. The Stuckar champ, Brett Wenzel, uh, first ever there. He now 
joins his dad as a champion. Uh, Jerry had won championship in the Stuckars. Sport Mods, Chris Busman, uh, second title for him. Street Stocks, Chase Solomon, uh, four cylinders, the multi-time ever popular champ there, Tony Everard. And then your border battle champions between the Hill Raceway and UPIR. It was John Adams in the stock car, Jared Van Lannen in the sport mods, Tony Everard in the four cylinders, uh, Chase Solomon in the street stocks, and the vintage mods was Charlie Peterson. So that's all your dirt track champions that I uh, to get a hold of around here. I, I wonder if Tony Everard is adding on to his house. To build a, I, I, a room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would definitely need an addition for uh, for all the winning he's done. Yeah. Even went up to street stock and won one. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. So, well, Chris Bud's been. That's good to see him back up here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Um, did he finish second you, again at Luxembourg? No, I don't think so. I think he missed a night. I think he finished third there, even missing a night. Um, but I think if you probably took his point average and added together, he was probably second again there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. It's probably annoying to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd imagine. I mean, especially getting that close, uh, you know, you just want one for, for goodness sake. Um, but he'll be tough to beat. Um, you know, if he, he does run a full season there next year, you know, one of the good guys of the sport too, very low key, doesn't yep. get fired up, treats everybody with respect, drives with respect, you know, uh, good to see he's having good success. He's come a long way in the sport, you know, in relatively short time, but I mean, he paid his dues over the years and, you know, now he's reaping the benefits of sticking with the sport and, and he does it on, you know, a budget. And you know, still shows up with an open trailer. It's uh, it's good to see. Yeah, he advertises for a lot of the tracks a lot for free. He's always, you know, of course, you know, he does websites and stuff, but he's always throwing cool graphics out there. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, is there anything that you have in mind that was notable from the season from any of the tracks? Uh, it. It can be a race. It can be just a moment. It could be a conversation you had with somebody in the pits or somewhere. Is is there any, or are there any notable moments? It could be one of your races. Whatever. Uh, I was just curious if there's anything notable out there from well, Eddie the Eagle. Obviously, when you race, things stick out to you. I I think uh, you know, in a microcosm, that was the Troy Ross Memorial Night. Um, to me, that sticks out the most, uh, just with the atmosphere at the hill, and you know, we we all get wrapped up in the racing a little bit too much. But you know, when when something happens to a racing family, you kind of all you you know stick together in that sort of thing and see the bigger picture. And just you know, seeing Cody Ross win that feature that night was it was almost surreal. Um, you know, the outpouring of support from the track staff, you know, the promoters there, the race fans, the workers, everybody had the, the nine Ross shirts on. Uh, to me, that sticks out as probably the, the one of the biggest nights we've ever had at the Hill, you know. 
Yeah, that was a really good moment. Um, and I just, I had a gut feeling from the beginning when I saw that on the schedule that he was going to win that race. And yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that to John on the podcast, and uh, that's that's pretty pretty cool. And it was, you know, we we were very fortunate enough to, to win the street stocks that night, and they had, you know, extra purse and a big trophy and uh, a giant check, which which you know a driver always wants to get one of those. Yeah. Uh, so that was really great, and you know, all the support from people to throw in the extra money for that for that sort of thing. You know, to me that was. As a fan, as a track worker, and as a racer, uh, that was one of the biggest nights in 2019, um, in my opinion. And didn't he have to fight off? Wasn't it Budzo that came through and ended up second? Uh, yeah. Budzo came through. Um, they were quite a ways behind, but then the caution came out and set up like, uh, you know, a handful of laps left to the checkers, so he had a hold finish holding off Budzo and Pepe right at the end. You know, you got to hold off the former champ and this year's champ. Um, so he he did he did a really good job. That was that was a great race. I I have a question for you that maybe you can answer better. And then this is going to probably be a different different answer for everybody. So say you are in second and that happens. And you know somebody like like Cody is is leading or whatever the situation is that's similar. Do you feel bad making that pass on a night like that, or do you just do it? Because you know you don't want to let them win, because if for some reason you ever told somebody and that got out, yeah, um, you go I, for the win. But I mean, man, a guy would have to feel bad. I would. I would feel bad. Uh, in that situation, if the roles were reversed, yeah, I would, I would not be happy about it. But I'm so competitive in that car that you know you'd have to go for it. You know. I agree. I, I was kind of in that situation. Obviously, not <clears throat> to that magnitude, but I was out leading a race uh, one night, and Gino Sternard came through the field. And he ended up going around me right towards the end. And he came over after and he's like, I'm sorry, man. I I couldn't just sit behind you. He's like, I had to go. For, I know you haven't got one yet. And I'm like, that's okay. Whatever. Yeah. I, I wish I would have won, but I just thought it was cool. He came over right away and he's like, man, I saw you leading. And I felt good for you. And my car was just so much faster. And... <laughs> Well, you know, I know your situation and the struggles you had in that street stock. And as a racer, everyone understands it because they've all been through it. So when you see a guy that struggled and he's running good, you're pulling for him. You want him to have a great night to make all that stress worth it. And that that plastic, that little plastic trophy, seems to make you forget about all the money and plus the knuckles and parts and all the late nights. It makes it all go away. So you're always pulling for that guy. And when you got to take that away from him, it kind of sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would definitely take a win from somebody. So, Yeah, they're hard to get. Yeah, they are. I didn't get one in the street stocks, but, you know, some of that was, a lot of that was mechanical. Yeah, that's okay. 
that don't help. It takes a, it takes a village with those things. I, I wish that that's one thing in racing, and uh, a great way is using this podcast to tell, tell fans, crews, whatever, how hard it is to keep a car together to go and race week in, week out. Not not winning, not running up front. Just to get that car there to compete every week is. It's almost miraculous what what drivers have to do. I know what I have to do in my shop, and I don't race full-time. I don't race every single weekend during the summer. So hats off to those drivers and crews and race fans. If you ever want to know what it's about, and you're thinking, man, I, I'd like to get into that, go crew for someone for a summer, and you'll find out how much work it really is. Yeah, and if you do that, <clears throat> that doesn't mean just show up for the races. When they work on no. their car, go help them, go join. Because if you want a better chance of being competitive and winning that feature, you have to check all these nuts and bolts on the whole car, even if you didn't touch anybody. For you know, yeah, you have to. And we ha- we had a giant list that of everything that was checked every week. And then when something stupid would happen, we'd be like, "Well, we're going to add that to the list." So. We just kept adding, yep. adding to the list. Yep, I have a I have a blackboard or a dry erase board, whatever you want to call it, in the shop, and then I'll write my to do list down because I had a bad habit of remembering things I forgot while sitting in lineup ready to go up for the race. So I write everything down, but my car goes up on jack stands, all the tires come off, and I'll check all the nuts and bolts underneath the suspension, um, you know, grease stuff, uh, just. All the little things, just visually, sometimes you can find more problems just by looking at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were getting ready for UPIR, and it's a big race, long, long ways away. So we check valves, uh, clean the carburetor. Uh, I checked timing. Timing was off by six degrees, and I'm like, well, that's really strange. Uh, so I adjusted it. It was later at night, so I couldn't run the car too long slept on it. I'm like, something ain't right. So I pulled the distributor out uh, Friday afternoon um, when we're supposed to be loading up. And sure enough, the roll pin in the distributor gear was starting to break. There was a piece missing and it was cracked in pieces when I pounded it out and it was loose in there. So, you know, if I would have went up there, that probably could have happened in the heat and then you're struggling. You don't make the invert. I mean, you just, you never know. Uh, all, All that little stuff can get you if you don't keep on top of it yep after a big um issue and a <clears throat> scramble one night to get ready for the for the feature we forgot to put water in the radiator oh <laughs> i found that out on lap two but luckily i didn't blow up but i i noticed it immediately and shut her down and um it still costed nine hundred and twenty-three dollars to get it freshened up, but uh, it's it's easily done. Yeah, it is. You know, when you're when you're special and you're rushing at the track, but yeah, like you said, don't just show up to the track. Show up at the shop during the week. That's when the hard work goes on. The pit stuff is almost kind of the relaxation and fun part. So the week during the work during the week is what gets it done. Yeah, and a lot of times, if you're a crew in the pits. You know, you don't get to watch the races. Like you get to watch the feature that your driver's in, and yeah. if there's any after. But most of the time, you're there, and you don't get to watch 
because it unless you've had a really good night and you're just making some lead changes and adding fuel but a lot of times you're grinding tires you don't get to watch many races no no especially if you bent some suspension parts or you got to pull a fender and straighten it off you know that looks quite fast all right well we're gonna i'm gonna go over one more topic here and it's because i've been saying that i was going to talk about it and every, people have been jumping on me like you're teasing this i'm like it's not really anything to tease about i just haven't had time to do a podcast <laughs> so <clears throat> the whole there was an incident at the hill with a certain driver number 57 everybody knows who he is um and john hines and then the 36 of larry karch jr so you might know a little more than me ed that they have a they kind of have a past right yes they do so, yeah they've not like each other for a long time. So, and 57 had not been up here all year, correct? Correct. Well, he showed up and um, Larry Karch Jr. and Brett Wenzel, were they, they were tied or was there a one point difference? They were tied coming tonight and Brett Kaler was two points behind them. So that was tight, man. Um, <clears throat> well, Needless to say, you can watch the video. There is one out there. I I don't know if there's any more than the one, but you can see him. You can see Hines take a sharp turn into the 36. This this one did not take him out, but I think there was a tire or something going down after that. Something wasn't right after that. Um, he, he just didn't look like he was as fast as he was before that happened. Agreed. Yeah, after that first contact and they got locked together, it just didn't seem there was something off. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to ask Junior um, what they had found on the car, but it definitely seemed like there was something to miss after that. And if, unless you're watching it, you know, with blinders, it, it was an obvious turn into him. Like it, I mean, anyway, I, I think that's a bunch of horse garbage because. He specifically, in my opinion, before, you know, anybody gets all keyboard warriors out there, get all crazy, um, <laughs> that's Bush League move. It's garbage. It's uh, on somebody's championship night that they're tied for the points. I mean, I might turn this into an explicit episode if I keep thinking about it too much, but... <laughs> Um, well, that's fine. I, I could jump in there. Uh, you know, we'll we'll back we'll back the night up a little bit. Uh, I told Heinz it was going to be there. I was as the announcer. I was pretty excited. I know John's won uh, a lot of features. I think he's approaching a hundred. Um, he's won multiple time multiple track championships. So anytime you can have a guy of that caliber show up, um, I expected him to be a threat for the win. Um, when the race started, it got going there. Then it seemed like that really wasn't the case, that he was kind of there to cause uh, trouble with the 36. And I don't um, – for me, it's a respect thing because everybody's got a car. Everybody shows up. Everybody's worked hard uh, on it to, to get to the racetrack. Um, and to, for anybody 
and I don't care if it's myself, my best friends that race, if you show up intentionally to take someone out of a championship hunt, um, then you don't need to be in a car. You're not racing. Um, you don't need to be at that track. Stay home. If you got a problem with that, dump them in a heat race. You know what I mean? Like, if you've got a grudge against someone and you need to feel to get back at them for that matter, do it when it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, or even, Texas. I mean, <clears throat> do it, just just be like, all right, you know, you go out, you run for your, your championship and be like, and just store it in the back of your mind and be like, all right, if we race another special or I'll see you next year. And Yeah, I owe him one. I just believe that, like you, respect is the perfect word. There was no respect there, and I don't think many people are going to have respect. Well, most don't anyway. But for the fifty-seven, like he's just making things hard on himself. And I heard now this is pure speculation, by the way, but it came from a good source. I heard that Kaler, you know, he's not. From what I understand, he's not friends with the 36 or anything like that, and he was running for a championship too. Maybe they are friends. I don't know. But he got so annoyed watching this happen on the track, you know, that I heard that he gave 57 a little shot at some point. He didn't He didn't take him out, but he was so done with it happening in front of him or, or whatever. He's <laughs> There's a, If you look at the three drivers involved, They've all had, uh, right or wrong, they've all had their problems with the 57, or the 57 has had problems with them. Um, so I don't know why it got singled up to be junior that day. Um, I know there was a team card of the 57 a few years back that took Wenzel out to check championship night at 141 Speedway. And in an unprecedented move, because they knew that that was going to happen, they allowed Wenzel to go down pit lane and get his spot back that night because they knew that this was coming. So this isn't the first time there's been these issues. And I say respect because um, track championship night at 141 Speedway for the street stocks, there was two guys tied going in. Um, I had ran with them on a couple nights and I know sometimes in a race start things happen and you get into someone and I figured I'd be racing around them so I kept my car home that night out of respect of not getting involved in their track championship race it, you know could have been there maybe but I also could have screwed up and gave a guy a flat tire and I would have never I'd have never forgave myself for doing something like that that worked so hard for the for years so I, I just don't understand uh, I don't understand that thought process at all that doesn't that doesn't register to me to come and do that to someone on, on the final night of racing I, I have an interesting idea and tracks would have to think about it and I'm sure they would have to get you know drivers opinions but they should look at each division going into championship night and say however many guys there is if you know if there's uh if there's two or three or maybe there's four or five you know all within like 
a few points. If you could put them guys and like start them in the front and let them go. If cars come through, well, then that's on them. They know they didn't have a good setup. But I don't know how ethical that is, you know, or how fair that is. But Rick Goral used to do that at Luxembourg. When you showed up championship night, the top 10 were already locked in the feature. You know, and that would be awesome because if those guys are, are that fast, they can just, especially if they're tied or one point, you know, they can battle amongst themselves. But then, then again, that takes away the fun. It takes away a little bit of the driver. Like, okay, so they're going to start near each other anyway, and they have to go through the pack. And it's another, it's another part of the race. Um, who can navigate through the field better? Right. You know, so yeah. that yeah. if somebody's better at that, you know, then they should be rewarded by getting the championship. So I don't know. It's, it just came to me right now as we were talking, and then I realized it might be stupid. So we'll see. <laughs> well, like I said, Rick Goral used to lock the top ten, and I can't remember if he inverted the field or not. They may have just started in how they were, but for some reason I thought maybe the point leader started on the pole. And either way, uh, you know, I think if you run into, you know, I, I'll put it this way. I hope that was an anomaly. I hope we don't see that again for another 20 years and any, at any track or any sort of driving like that um, from anyone. I'm not just singling out whatever, one person there. Uh, but if it becomes an issue where this keeps happening at anywhere, then I think you have to seriously look into, you know, a percent amount of time you've raced. If you could run track championship night, there's, there's places that race down in Iowa, I believe, that don't allow, if you haven't raced there all year, you can't come race, you know, just to avoid little things like that. Right. And then maybe they should, maybe tracks should get together and say, listen, if you come and do that and, and you have a known history with the person you get in an incident in, you know, and it's going to be a one year ban. And if it happens a second time, you're done. It's a life ban. I mean, that... yeah, I got you. And the word I got from the officials is that Hines is, is banned from the hill. He can come sit in the stands if he wants. He can come pit, but he cannot, he himself cannot be in a race car there. Um, for as long as they're promoters, um, at, as of right now, that's what they're saying. Yeah. So, well. uh, yeah, is is it a harsh punishment? Yeah. Is it a bit excessive? Maybe. But sometimes you have to set a precedent to say we're not going to allow this kind of drama at our racetrack, and you have to you know go from there and just set a tone to know that this this ain't cool. You know. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, I don't think it's. I think it's perfect. You know. Perfect, perfect penalty, and again, these are all just opinions, and my opinion. So everybody has the right to their own. I just I think it was kind of a d bag move. So, um, <laughs> and by the way, this is completely open. If Karch or Hines wants to come on the show, I will give them a fair shot to come and give their side of the story. So, I like that. Wiscodirt at gmail dot com. Um, that would be that would be awesome. It would be. I don't care which. And you know, you know, even though I don't like what happened, if John Hines wants to come on here, I will give him 
all the respect that he doesn't deserve in the world. And I will talk, I will talk nice to him. And if he, you know, if he wants to be not cool about it, well, then I'll just dump the call. But the opportunity's there. The chance is there. I mean, that's what I like about this podcast. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say stuff and give my opinion without giving everybody a fair chance to give theirs. So sure, that's out there. Like, you know. Yeah, being associated with the tracks I am and the work I do, I have to try to make sure I, I word things in a more politically correct way, I guess. So Oh yeah, um, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I would I would love to do a podcast with John Hines and get his perspective on uh what what went on to him and, and why things went down the way they did. If anything, just to know where he's at. You know, and you know what would help me gain a little respect if he did that and and uh, and came on and said, "Yeah, we didn't get along, so I went there and dumped him." Yeah, I'd be that like, would you be know the what? best answer yet. I'd be like, you know what? I appreciate that you being honest about that, you know, whatever, and saying that. So <clears throat> that's whatever. So that's that. That's that story. Yeah, that was that was a big one too. There's a lot of people talking about that. I've seen people talking on Facebook about it. Uh, so hmm. hopefully, hopefully it doesn't deter anyone um, from you know being worried about champion running for a championship at the hill. You know how it's going to get handled, you know, from the word go now. Well, yeah, and I yeah now you know so you know you know what you're stepping in if you decide to partake in some shenanigans <laughs> you said shenanigans <laughs> i like using that word a good word so <clears throat> excuse me well i don't i don't i don't have anything else this week um i am talking with bill schmidt about getting him on our schedules suck though um because he works during the week and can only do it a certain time and i work on the weekend and one of his days off is friday so that doesn't work so <laughs> Um, I do want to get Bill Schmidt on from WIDirtRacing.com and see what he pulled out of the season. What were some of his good er, moments? You know, just like I asked you. Yeah, he's he's been to a lot of them. So. Oh, he's all over anything, all the racing in Wisconsin. Like, it's constant notifications coming through. Just, you know, you want to know about a rainout or event, just go check out the website and support him. Yeah, or Facebook page, WIDirtRacing.com. Yeah, and go check it out. He's got, he's, I don't know when the deadline is, but he's got the dirt racing calendars coming out. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Very cool. soon. I just saw something on Facebook about uh, when you have to have your order in by um, and stuff like that. So that is a really cool idea. Absolutely. I, I always have one hanging in my garage uh, all, all year round. And, uh, they're they're really neat and plus if you get your photo in it then it's like double cool yeah i'm i'm actually i don't know how the fundage is looking but i'm i'm considering seeing what he gets you know put throw the local dirt podcast in there sponsor it a little bit and uh try to get the name out there so i like it that's a great idea but well i don't have anything else for you ed if you're done i'm done yeah just uh <laughs> Get get out and uh, 
support. Uh, there's there's two big specials going on this weekend. Um, I'm going to be at Outer Gaming Speedway on the 21st. Uh, Chilton has their special on the uh, 20th and the 21st. And I'll get a plug in for my, because I work at Outer Gaming Speedway. Uh, there's uh, one last crash. There's a demolition derby on Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock. If you have your wristband on, you get $2 off admission, 10 bucks to get into the demo derby. It's going to be a great show there. And then uh, well, 141 Speedway, uh, the 26th, 27th, and 28th. Um, head over on their website or Facebook page. There's a little bit of race, a little bit of dirt racing left yet to get in in 2019. And as I always say, the winter is really long. You're gonna want to get all the racing in you can before uh, leagues start changing colors here. Right. Oh, there. Sorry, Ed. There is one more thing I wanted to just. I've never met the guy. I wanted to shout out to Scott Owen. The the now retired Sean Owen announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his retirement. That, yeah, how, how how cool did you see all the stuff they did for him at Toronto? Yeah, I saw that. That's what I was. That's what I was talking about. As I was going to bring it up earlier with one of the moments of the year, um, and him kind of passing the torch to somebody. So I want to try to get Scott on this podcast. So if anybody has good contact information, I have an email. I'm not sure how much he's going to check it anymore because it was pretty much the stuff he did with the track. So if anybody can get a hold of Scott Owen. Wisco dirt at gmail.com. I would love to have him on, you know, and have him tell a few stories from over the years. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. And uh, hats off to everyone at Sean Speedway and showing their gratitude to Scott and everything he's done for the year. Uh, it's a bunch of classic people there. Brad Lipke, you know, hats off to him. What they did for Scott was absolutely, it was breathtaking. And, uh, you know, the racing group, it's great to see that support for someone they respected so much. <clears throat> yep. So hats off to Scott Owen on his next life adventures. Um, I'm guessing he had some other job too. Maybe not. I don't know. But hanging it up. And I get it. So thanks for everything that you did out there, Scott, even though I've never met you. <laughs> Super nice guy. Super great announcer. You know, one one of the best around. You know, the voice of Sean of Speedway. Um, yeah, my hats off. I, I look to you, Mr. Owen. So, well, that's going to do it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Local Dirt Podcast. Just search for it. Um, I think it's facebook.com forward slash Wisco Dirt. Uh, also, the email, wiscodirt at gmail.com. I did have somebody email me. They have a cool story about Kenny Wallace. I might reach out to them when the season is over. Uh, completely and you know some good off-season content so people are out there and listening and people like to one of the reviews says it's a good podcast when you're doing yard work so whatever you're doing i don't care thanks for listening and subscribe and download and give us a review um you go give us a five-star review somewhere apple podcasts or whatever i'll start uh i'll read some reviews and if you can put out some really good ones make them funny you might get a local dirt t-shirt so that's going to do it for today's show. Again, I'd like to thank Ed for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always, Kip. And until next time, we are out.